With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Talk, the opinions, the panel. Well, this is going to be fun. Ollie Ritchie and Guy Havelt are the panellists this morning, two very, very astute and knowledgeable uh, young men on matters of sport, I'm sure. And because of that, they will both be looking forward to this afternoon from the Gabba. I am sure, Ollie Ritchie, we shall begin with you. The Ashes, one of the great rivalries in sport. Oh, I'm so excited, Smithy. I really am. And I think because of all the drama that's happened in, in Australian cricket over the past couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks, rather, um, I think it had just, you know, Another layer of excitement, really. You know, no campaign at Cummins' first title uh, as Australian skipper Steve Smith back into the leadership group as, as vice captain, and, and what sort of role he played. Um, oh, it's going to be an absolute beauty. Um, unfortunately, I think Australia are probably going to get it all their own way uh, in the next five days. Mm, interesting. Um, we heard from Ian Healy yesterday. You normally in Australia, you just bat, 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 bat when you win the toss, uh, but like India actually. But uh, then again, uh, sometimes you're and then Healy said this might be one of those rare occasions that you bowl Guy Havelt. So um, the, the, the name that is uh, slightly flying under the radar a wee bit is Ben Stoke, but I think that's a good thing. He's uh, getting ready uh, without any pressure on him. Yeah, morning, Smitty. Morning, Ollie. Morning, everyone. Uh, good to be with you again. I've just been spending my morning watching Barmy Army videos to get me fired up. I'm absolutely pumped for this. <laughs> uh, you, raise, you raise a good point, though. It is, uh, and I know we always we see pictures of, say, the Basin Reserve pit two days out and it's very green but you know seeing the Gabba pitch with, with quite a green tinge on it about 36 or so hours ago uh, was a bit of a surprise to me uh, look what I would say I'm, I'm kind of with Ollie I've, I've got to say I think it's firmly in Australia's hands as we look at the two squads anyway I think where England uh, is particularly hampered is the batting they've got Joe Root and they've got Ben Stokes obviously outside of that though you know you're resting on guys like Johnny Bairstow and Joss Butler uh, who who can be prone to going through some pretty big form slumps and can be prone to, to being getting on top of by opposition bowlers. So I think their batting lacks considerably uh, and Australia's bowling department, I think, is pretty strong across the board. So, yeah, I, I worry for, the, for that side of things for England, but I, I just want it to be close. I want it to be a close series. Uh, and talking about the Barmy Army, I'm a little bit disappointed because I'm assuming that they will be light on numbers as well. So I still hope we get the atmosphere, but, geez, it's just exciting to have the Ashes back, isn't it? Well, I have to throw all those 
those Tim Payne lyrics in the bin, don't they? To be fair, they, they had that building. They had that building up nicely, guy. Uh, no, to be honest, still, they I, can still keep them flying around, Billy. They can still, still keep them flying around. But it's I look forward to um, the coverage of this. I always do. I think Australia cover cricket really well. But one of the things they will focus on in the field in particular is uh, is Pat Cummins, the captain. uh, And they'll also look at uh, Steve Smith, the vice captain. Uh, And now this, of course, this new regime is going to be severely tested, Guy. It certainly is. Uh, And I was just talking about that with a colleague uh, moments ago, actually, that, you know, that they... They've gone with Pat Cummins, who, or who I guess, uh, seems like one of, uh, how do I put it, one of the nicer Australian bowlers. You know, usually you get fiery, fiery guys in the Australian lineup. He seems like one of the more down to earth, nicer guys. We thought the same thing about Tim Payne, though, and then he obviously went off his nut at, at, at Ravi Ashwin during that Australian, uh, during that Indian tour. So I don't know, maybe he's got that streak in him somewhere. Oh, I do find the Steve Smith thing very interesting. Uh, I think that's another another place where perhaps the Barmy Army can get stuck in. To him, uh, I don't know who else they would have gone with. Maybe someone like Manus Labushain, but uh, yeah, I, I do find putting Smith in there, considering everything that they've been through, is, is an interesting decision. Uh, a lot of pressure on on those two guys, particularly Cummins, to rise to the occasion and, and try and keep that earn in Australia. So, where for you, Ollie, is is the winning of of the series? And we'll just look at the first test in particular. Is it the both uh, uh, top order batsmen against various bowling attacks with the new ball? Where, where do you, who do you see the key players, the key the key matchups here? Yeah. Well, well, I think Guy touched on it before, um, you know, outside of Joe Root and, um, and you know, a couple of others in, in that England lineup, Ian Stokes, obviously, um, there's been light on batting. And, of course, you know, Australia have got a very, very handy bowling lineup. And if that have a wicket is as green as it looked, um, you know, 24 hours ago or 36 hours ago, then I think England is going to be in for a rough old time. Um, you know, Pat Cummins, I know Mitchell Stark's been a little bit below his best and, and your mate Warnie's been calling him for, for him to be dropped. Uh, for the past few weeks, maybe. But, um, you know, with, with him back in Australian conditions and uh, with a new ball in his hand, I think he's going to wreak havoc uh, once again. So I just don't think England can bat deep enough against the quality um, Australian bowling lineup. So uh, I think that, it, you know, if the other pitches is green uh, in a couple of hours as it, as it has looked, um, that could be England's undoing, I reckon. OK, uh, we'll leave the ashes there. We'll go uh, quickly to Trudy for a news break. When we come back, uh, some. Some rugby issues to talk through as well. Talk big opinions, the panel. Well, believe it or not, gentlemen, Simon has texted in and said, my two favourite panellists, thanks for bringing them together in an arranged marriage this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, we'll take that. Uh, Can you you give Simon a prize, Smithy? Give Simon a prize. (laughs) What a man. Yeah, we'll just go into the prize uh, prize cupboard uh, as as we speak. Don't worry about that. Hey, um, (laughs) here's an an interesting one. People will not, uh, some people will not know this, but um, former Syrup, a guy, Havel, will be very, very aware of the fact that uh, Ollie Ritchie, Ollie Ritchie uh, in his younger days is a fantastic young rugby player uh, and a teammate of one Will, one Will Jordan oh, and uh, Ollie you, you will be pleased to, we pleased to know Ollie that um, when you turned right at the uh, junction and went to, play, to the media he turned left and stayed mm. with rugby uh, and now he's the World Rugby Player Breakthrough Player of the Year, fully deserved. Yeah look it was a tough decision um, for me to choose journalism over 
a professional footy <laughs> career. But he, um, honestly, the, the contracts and the offers were certainly lining up. But I thought, actually, I want to do journalism. I want to be reporting on these guys and see uh, Yeah, look, a very handy footy player at, at Clarkers Boys High Smithy. Most, most of them that come through that, that way are. Uh, and he has just gone on to, to continuously deliver um, a really sort of bright spot for the All Blacks and a year that uh, a lot of them would, would soon forget um, the way he just kind of made something out of nothing um, and he's done that a lot the Crusaders we've seen it before but he just continued to do it um, for the All Blacks and, and you know he's fully deserving uh, of that award and I think we can put that back to his rugby education at, um, at Christchurch Boys High School just another one excelling on the world stage hey guys sorry um, what's the what's the current uh, in the last two years what's happened in the Boys High Cross College fixture just remind me yeah well the last two years we've been kind of crippled and disrupted by COVID I don't think we really think we can count those two guys is the factory broken is it something's happened at the at the conveyor belt in the factory like the factory will continue to churn them out baby don't you worry we'll just <laughs> we just wait for the next first five to come through the ranks Simon is probably regretting that text now Smithy having heard this chat for the last <laughs> nine in fact someone else has just texted in and said I think Simon needs to get out more <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliant. But I mean, uh, this award actually, to be to be perfectly uh, serious about this, it's only been uh, around since 2015, and uh, Nehemiah Nuskata has won it. Rico Yuani has won it. So Guy Havel, uh, all allegiances aside, uh, I think it's really pretty well uh, well justified, isn't it? I mean, uh, every time Will Jordan touches the ball, yeah. we sit on the edge of our seat. Uh, he has been for me the shining light in the back three area. You nailed it there, Smithy. He, he's the type of guy that when he gets the ball, you you are excited by the potential of something to happen. He does it more frequently than not. He breaks tackles. He might not score a try every time, but he breaks tackles. He makes space. He finds gaps that seemingly aren't there. He's an exceptional talent, uh, seemingly a, a, a kind of a, a very smart rugby player beyond his years, I'd say, belying his, his experience at that, at that ultimately international level. Uh, he seems to have an eye for everything. Uh, he, is a, he is a stunning talent. Uh, and, and once or when if the, the All Blacks sort themselves out a bit more, uh, you just start to wonder what more he could produce as well when he's on the end of, of, of some real um, some real slick backline play on a more frequent occasion. He is a freak and a real talent and uh, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing more to say. I think he absolutely deserves that award. Good on him. Uh, I, uh, this, this, your, your combination certainly is uh, drawing some uh, comment, fellas, as we speak. Uh, a fellow by the name of Jamie Wall has just come in. You might well know him. He's also been a panellist on regular... <laughs> He says there's an, ab- an absolute punish right now on SENZ Mornings. A punish is on. <laughs> At least we're polarising, uh, at, at least, at least, and at least we know we've got two listeners, which is great. Hey, here's the other thing, uh, fellas, um, on on a downside, eh? and it is a downside, um, the revelation from uh, Te Kurenata Rengabate uh, about uh, her mental breakdown on the recent tour for, for the Black Ferns in Europe. Uh, this is a bit of a revelation uh, from our point of view. It's not something that the rugby union will look forward to reviewing either, I would imagine. So we'll go to you first, uh, Guy, on this one. Uh, this is... This could be a headline maker. Well, it already is, isn't it? It's very concerning uh, from from both sides, really. I, I um, Chris Lindrum was very strong on it yesterday. I thought he fronted very well. Um, it sounds like they're, they're going to do a thorough review. Look, I, I Ollie will probably know more about this. He would have heard from uh, from from more rugby people. I don't have that that many insiders in terms of rugby, but what I would say is that to me, from the outside in, and, and obviously we've only heard so far one side of the story because um, uh, Glenn Moore hasn't hasn't really given his 
side yet. But what I would say from the outside in, it seems to me like this is a this is a one-on-one situation where maybe something has gone wrong between these two uh, over time. It seems like um, I don't condone if these are true. I don't condone anything that's been said um, from him to her if those allegations are true. But to me, from the outside in, it seems like this is a one-on-one situation that has got quite ugly and uh, something needs to be done to, to sort it out. It, it's disappointing. It's sad. Um, and as I say, uh, I'll be interested to see what happens from this New Zealand rugby, from this independent review in terms of, of that black platforms to it. Uh, unfortunately, anything involving uh, NZ rugby at this kind of level, uh, Ollie, is a target for the media. It, it has to be. And well, what's your take on it? Yeah, well, it's, it's another headache that New Zealand rugby didn't need. Um, you know, Chris Lindstrom probably thought he was going to ease into his summer break. Uh, not not so fast. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with Guy. It, it, very much a, a one-on-one uh, kind of situation here. And by all accounts, Glenn Moore is very well regarded and well respected uh, in that Blackburn camp. He is a, um, a very good coach. He said did not get the results they wanted uh, on that Northern Tour and, and, and that wasn't great uh, performance-wise. But look, he, he by all accounts has the, the utmost respect of that Blackburn's um, dressing room. Um, he, he is a very good coach. So something has gone down here with uh, with these two, which is, is obviously now playing out publicly and, and getting rather ugly, which is which is quite sad. Um, you know, the Black Ferns are 10 months out from a World Cup defence uh, and they need to be pouring everything into that World Cup defence. Um, so New Zealand Racing needs to go through an honest and open process here with both of these guys um, and, and try and get to the bottom of, of what has gone on because it is not something that they will want hanging over them or continuing after much longer than it already has. OK, here's one for you that um, you probably haven't been too warned about, so uh, this will be good to, to get your instant thought uh, about this. We'll, we'll start with uh, with you, Guy. Um, a really good, uh, interesting article from Mark Reason this morning, um, lauding the captaincy ability and the leadership qualities of Kane Williamson, but having a bit of a crack at Tom Latham. Um, I'm not sure that's warranted on the basis that every time that Latham captains the side, he doesn't have Williamson. Uh, every time Williamson captains the side, he mm. has himself and he has Latham. So uh, I'm not sure that that uh, is uh, that fair. So um, where does uh, where does Kane Williamson rank for you as all-time captains, Guy Havel, uh, for New Zealand cricket? Oh, it's a good question, Smithy. It's a very good question. I had actually just read that Mark Reason article. I saw it pop up, pop up on stuff. And look, Mark, someone who who, who has a you know polarised opinion, uh, you either vehemently disagree with him or you tend to vehemently agree with him. There's no real middle line there. Uh, look, I, I I think Kane Williamson is a fantastic captain. Uh, I think he's probably our third best captain ever. I still, I, well, I was going to say, I was just say that Stephen Fleming is probably number one. I think it's probably close between him and Brendan McCullum. I thought uh, Fleming's tactical mouse was pretty strong, McCullum's aggressive approach and the way that he turned New Zealand, or partly his, his, his doing, turned New Zealand's fortunes around uh, will go down as, as a massive turning point in our cricket history. Uh, in saying that, I, I think it's incredibly rough on Tom Lathan. Uh, as you say, when he is the captain, he doesn't have Dane Williamson. Uh, this is this was a one-off test, or you know, in, in his case, of captaincy, captaining a one-off test in Mumbai. Uh, you've lost your best batsman. Uh, your batting is, is, is across the board pretty terrible. You're up against it straight away. Uh, I don't think there was much that captaincy would have done to get you very close in that test. I think it came down to poor application of the crease, um, poor batting across the board uh, and maybe some slightly off bowling from, from a couple of guys who, who were running in. I don't think uh, pinning it on Tom Latham is very fair. The other time that he has had captaincy, he's been pretty strong and look, let's be honest, he, he's a vital part of that leadership group. You see him in conversations with Kane Williamson a lot, so I think his leadership 
leadership uh, is, is very solid and uh, if he is around a bit longer than Kane Williamson I think he would probably be the obvious guy to take over when that time comes. Oh, he's heir apparent there's no doubt about that um, uh, Ollie I, 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 I don't know about what, what your thoughts are on I go back to Jeff Howarth because I, I played under Jeff Howarth never played under Brendan McCullum admired what he did never played under Stephen Fleming admired what he did and uh, two totally um, different captains in their own right and that's the beauty of captaincy you bring something different to it uh, each time uh, what about Williamson from your perspective uh, yeah very good captain um, Smitty and I think like I was saying would be absolutely in the, in the top three he's the only one that's won New Zealand a, a world cup a world championship so he, he, he gets that uh, that, that none of the others do um, but yeah and that green with, with, with Guy uh, very unfair to, to lay any blame at that Tom Latham seat I would have thought um, and if anything that would be um, a, a good experience for, for Tom Latham having to captain in those conditions and, and when you're under the, the immense pressure that the Black Cats were um, in Mumbai um, you know depending on how, how Kane Williamson's elbow recovers um, it sounds like Latham might get another chance to captain and maybe that's a good thing you know it, it gives a Kane Williamson a chance to rest but you know gives Tom Latham a little bit more time in the saddle a little bit more time in that captaincy role just to get uh, a little bit more comfortable and a, a little bit more used to what, what comes with being the Black Cats test captain because he absolutely is um, the heir apparent to, to Kane Williamson no doubt about that and, and won't it be great to see just another boy's high boy uh, at, at the top of the game Tony Bears with the crikey I'm not, not going to end there guy because Richard has come in and he's going to give you the last say this morning and I don't really know who, who Richard is from this point of view but he obviously knows you very well and, and I don't quite know what he's referring to but uh, he says Smithy to Guy is as mini golf golf to him <laughs> Anyway, I've got nothing else to say to you guys apart from thank you very much. Good luck. Have a great Christmas. And to you, Guy Havelt, uh, the hat's gone round here at SENZ. And yes, you will be getting a step ladder for Christmas. All the best. Enjoy it.